Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Trying to think of an adjective to describe Fantasy Week 15? I don't know. Weird? Does that work? Is it weird? Week 15? I think that's a fair description. Um... I got asked this on our uh, uh, CBS Sports HQ show. Like, how, what would you tell people about the advance on how to prepare for Week 16, their championships? And there's really nothing we could tell you at this point. It's just kind of if you survive, congratulations. Because a lot of duds, a lot of a duds. lot of duds, <clears throat> a ton of duds. Heath, what, do you have an adjective for the for Week 15? Uh, I don't have any adjectives yet. I will warn you that I am facing Todd Gurley in three different semifinals tonight. <laughs> and so you may hear, you may hear some adjectives from me Yeah, uh, throughout the show, just randomly. Yeah. I've got him in one league and I'm facing him in one league and it's a, it's been a horrible week for me. Um, certainly a chance I go, Oh, and five, my prediction is one and four, but this, uh, this will be a week that I would like to never speak about again. So let's do one great hour of talking about fantasy week 15. Is it going okay for you guys? I've already advanced in one. Uh, it's been decided. So, uh, of the eight, one is, is, is a guarantee. Um, a few more are still up in the air. Um, feel good about at least two or three of them. Yeah. I've got two that I've advanced in. I've got one very hotly contested match with Adam Azer. Nah. Uh, I have one where I'm, I have no shot and three complete prayers against Gurley. Dude, you destroyed me. I mean, you had Robbie Anderson. Great job, Heath. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Marlon Mack. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is this I, the only league where you did not own Marlon Mack? <laughs> probably. Oh, of all things, you lose on Marlon Mack. Yeah, but you know <laughs> That's what? karma for you. We, I think we were the two best teams, and unfortunately I went down, uh, in that one. But alright, anyway, enough about us. Um, I want to ask you for one surprise in week 15. Oh, perfect segue. Jamie's surprise is Marlon Mack. And I'll save you the time, Jamie, because I'm such a good friend. Happy holidays. You don't have to do any work next week. Marlon Mack is your start of the week. Uh, Against no, the Giants. But, um, he, he's going to be probably a top 10 running back. I mean, look, it. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. When um, he was the start of the week, I guess three weeks ago now, against the Dolphins, that was the first game without Ryan Kelly. And I knew when Kelly was ruled out, I was like, I don't love this because their offensive line had played really well all season. This is the first game Kelly came back. Yeah. And boy, did they push around that Dallas front. 27 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns, catch for 10 yards, and a fumble. And this didn't look like a great matchup. And he had struggled with bad matchups, and uh, he came through big time. Great game for him. Giants next week at home for Marlon Mack. It's just you couldn't ask for much better of a scenario there. And Heath, you know, you had a great scenario with Tevin Coleman against the Cardinals, but he, we certainly did not expect this. Uh, He's your... Your surprise of week 15. Yeah, I'm not that surprised by the workload, I suppose. He only had one target. He only had 11 carries, and he just absolutely exploded 145 yards and a touchdown. And he had another touchdown called back on what I thought was a pretty ridiculous penalty. He should have had like 175 yards and two touchdowns. He was, uh, well, the Arizona Cardinals were just despicable. A terrible yeah. effort yeah, defensively yeah, from them. Um, to, uh, for those 
the, the 1% of people that actually care about some of the things we've talked about. Uh, Will Brinson, probably going to lose his undefeated season um, to one of our uh, CBS Sports HQ producers, Andrew Bomber, who's uh, very excited to sneak into the playoffs in that league, uh, one of our auction leagues. And, beat, beat me and last week. Um, and another one, uh, which I'm sure Heath will be thrilled to hear about. So Matthew Coca, who uh, advanced <laughs> in our um, uh, Dynasty League, absolutely 1,000% destroyed me, not even close, with uh, Marlon Mack and Tevin Coleman. Oh, with Marlon Mack and Tevin Coleman. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think, I haven't looked, but I, I was originally uh, expected to play Chris Towers. And I think I would have ended up beating Chris Towers, but because the scoring changed, I had to play Coca, who advanced. And, yeah, he may not win at all. He's a lucky man. And, you know, I saw a tweet from Heath. I think it was, uh, I started Justin Jackson and Damian Williams and went against Philip Lindsay and Saquon Barkley in one league. Is that what it was? That, that was uh, absolutely correct. I was a 25-point underdog. Going into the week, I am currently winning by 50, and he has one player left, and I have two players left. <laughs> yeah, uh, crazy yeah. week. Weird I, week. He got 10 points in this league out of Lindsey and Barkley. I got 38.8 out of Damian Williams and Justin Jackson. I can't even Welcome imagine to what uh, Todd, Todd Gurley is going to do against the Cardinals next week. They uh, continue to be terrible against running backs. So, yeah, Coleman has a big game, and, and it's not like he dominated the, the touches, as Heath was saying. So I don't know what that means next week at Carolina. Uh, we will reevaluate, but of, I, I want to yeah, ask him just because I, I know a lot of people looking ahead of these guys. Who do you think is the best fantasy option next season, depending on where they play? Tevin Coleman, who is probably going to leave the Falcons. TJ Yeldon, who's probably going to leave the Jaguars. Or Edo Smith, who may be the backup in Atlanta behind those behind oh. Devontae Freeman, who can't stay healthy. That's an easy one, man. Heath, I'll let you answer first. <laughs> I have no idea. So if you think it's easy, you should uh, answer first. I mean, assuming he leaves, it's Tevin Coleman. I don't think TJ Yeldon is an every down back, and I don't think he. I don't Smith think is. there's any reason to believe Tevin Coleman's going to leave and get a large contract to be an every down back. Well, doesn't have to get a large contract to be an every down back. You could like one of these guys can end up with the Jets. I mean, my money will be on Coleman. I, I don't think that Yeldon's going to be too fantasy relevant. In the future. What do you think? He did good this year, though, when, when yeah. Fournette was out. He's good. I, I am very excited. Todd Gurley has two carries for negative one yards, and the Rams are punting. <laughs> uh, my big surprise was the final score, fantasy ineptitude of the Steelers-Patriots game. Pittsburgh 17, New England 10. And I think, you know, you look at Roethlisberger, and I mentioned he, I felt like he was due for a big game. Really, the interceptions are just holding him back. He now has, I think, 15 interceptions this year. He's approaching. He, he won't get his season, his career high. I think he threw 23 or something early in his career, but he'll probably throw his second most. So he ends up with just 17 fantasy points, and he looked like he was on his way to a huge game. Both guys did. Brady ends up with 15 fantasy points. The running backs were garbage for the Patriots. Josh Gordon, one catch for 19 yards. Gronkowski was terrible. Two catches for 21 yards. Basically, Edelman was great. Jalen Samuels was great. Antonio Brown was good enough. Maybe you start Vance McDonald. He had 13 yards and a touchdown. And nobody started Chris Hogan. So this was uh, a really surprisingly terrible fantasy game, guys. And is there a rhyme or reason to it uh, for Pittsburgh, New England? I I give Pittsburgh's defense all the credit in the world for this game. I mean, they dominated the Patriots. Uh, it, uh, 
it was a much needed, you know, everything that you look at, uh, forget about fantasy, just from a football perspective with the Steelers, they couldn't run the ball for basically the last month. They ran the ball really well today. They couldn't stop anybody defensively. They shut down the Patriots. Now, the nice thing for the Patriots that anybody that advanced with their players going into week 16, they get Buffalo at home. You're starting all the Patriots again. The the Steelers, I think you're, you're going to get a, a big performance out of them, even in New Orleans, because I think they'll be chasing points and have to, you know, put up numbers. And I think they will. And that'll lead us into our news because it looks like James Conner could play next week. He's expected to play. Melvin Gordon expected to play next week. They have a Saturday game against Baltimore. Lamar Miller could play next week. Didn't seem like a serious injury for him. They're at Philadelphia. Uh, Julio Jones left with injured ribs, but probably just sat uh, due to the score. He's He plays through it a lot. Um, Aaron Jones, that was a killer. He left with a knee injury in the first half, and Jamal Williams went on to have a good fantasy game. He scored a touchdown. So he says it seems like an MCL injury for Jones and good chance he doesn't play next week at the Jets. And I think that makes Jamie, that's going to make Jamal Williams pretty interesting on waivers. Yeah. He might be the, the number one priority just because of what the nature we are, where we are in the season. Yep. Randall Cobb left. It was evaluated for a concussion in the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers says he does want to play the final two games of the season. Frank, I wish Gore, he played the first 14. <laughs> Frank Gore has a sprained foot. Heath, why do they just hate Kenya Drake? What's up with that? Uh, I, I saw something on Twitter today, and I don't, don't remember who it was from, but it was basically saying they don't trust him to not lose yards and put them in bad down-and-distance situations. Yeah, so Frank Gore goes out early after five carries, and Drake ends up with one carry and four touches in the game. Kalen Balazs, 12 carries, 123 yards, and a touchdown, including a 75-yarder. At the Vikings, I, I think the interesting thing about that is it's it's so weird that they don't give Drake more work. But you just wonder, like, a did they want to keep Drake in his role, and b when Balaj broke off that big run was just okay. Let's see if there's something here. Maybe. Yeah, I'm sure he's he's going to be picked up too next week. Uh, except his matchup is the Jaguars, not quite as good as Jamal Williams' matchup at the Jets. Oh, as uh, Pete Briscoe Drink would say, they're off to Bermuda. So you're telling me my uh, Justin Jackson, Damian Williams team is going to be starting Jamal Williams and Kalen Balaj next week? <laughs> Quite possibly. Well, uh, why would you get away from Damian Williams? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, Spencer Ware might be back. Marcus Murphy left with an arm injury in the second quarter, and then his backup Keith Ford got hurt without McCoy, without Chris Ivory. So they had no running game. Um, Isaiah McKenzie welcome to, also uh, got hurt. W- welcome to, hey, C.J. Anderson tried out for the Bills on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh. Wonderful. They're at New England next week. Tyler Boyd left with a knee injury. He doesn't think it's serious. They're at Cleveland. Uh, Chris Hogan was more open on his touchdown catch than any wide receiver has been in the last three seasons, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. 7-11. Big injury news for the Bears. Eddie Jackson, very talented defensive back, had an interception of Aaron Rodgers and hurt himself on that play. Uh, Dallas lost another offensive lineman, Xavier Suafilo, to an, to an eye injury. Vernon Davis was evaluated for a concussion in the fourth quarter. He also got hurt earlier in that game, but he came back. And then just quick notes, Dallas was shut out for the first time since 2003. But they got nothing on the Giants. The Giants were shut out for the first time all the way back in 2017, less than a year ago. Uh, Chicago won the AFC North. Their left tackle, Charles Leno, uh, proposed to his girlfriend on the field after the game. That was wonderful. And Houston nose tackle Brandon Dunn left with an injury. And they are at Philadelphia next week. Any idiot moron was, moves you guys would like he was to? Done. What? He was done. He was done. Brandon Dunn. You uh, you missed one. Matt Breida re-aggravated his ankle. Injury. Are you kidding? No. 
Well, I thought I didn't need to say that. Everybody, that just goes without saying. <laughs> wow. Um, um, I started Idiot Moron Brita. This is an Idiot Moron okay. move. Okay. I started Matt Brita and, well, Keenan Allen doesn't count. Matt Brita over Marlon Mack and Doug Baldwin. That, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to start Matt Brita. I just, I felt like, I said it on the radio show last night. I said, I feel like he's going to leave with an injury. But he had a decent did. game, didn't he? He had nine, 9.6 points in a non-PPR league, so yeah. That's not so bad. I mean, he had 22 touches. It's not like they just all of a sudden said, it's not your job anymore. He just wasn't Marlon Mack. He did it. I <laughs> can't believe this. I have a picture to prove it. <laughs> you idiot. You are such an idiot. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? You moron. I hate you. <laughs> Jamie, any idiot moron moves for you this week? Uh, no, all the moves I made were, were pretty uh, stupid to begin with, so. <laughs> There wasn't there wasn't anything that I, I left on the bench that I, I could say. I guess, you know, I had a tough choice between and I benched Aaron Jones, but it was deciding between Justin Jackson and Damian Williams. And I chose Jackson. Not that that's going to make a difference, but I, I played Jackson over Williams. I had to rank that way. So, yeah, the, the dumbest thing I did was I dropped Mason Crosby in two leagues. So I wanted an indoor kicker. And I took Brett Maher <laughs> at his kick. Once his, fan, once his kick got blocked, I was like, okay, this is not going to be a good day for me. And he obviously didn't score because the Cowboys didn't score for the first time in 15 years. And then I also tweeted this. Um, I hate myself for starting Larry Fitzgerald over Doug Baldwin, but I just can't risk Baldwin having a pregame setback and not playing. It's almost like I know I'm going to lose this week because of this decision. So I'm sure I'll lose this week because I started Fitzgerald over Baldwin. Fitzgerald did fine, though. These guys did not do fine. The mega duds of Fantasy Week 15. All right, let's talk about two quarterbacks. Same game. Andrew Luck, nine fantasy points. Dak Prescott, six fantasy points. They combined for no touchdowns and one interception. Heath, uh, how about those mega dud quarterbacks, Dak and Luck? I thought Dak was, I think it was two completely different stories. Luck was more about game script. Luck was not bad in this game. Eric Ebron had some bad drops, and they were in a situation where they were just they didn't really have to throw the ball that much. Dak was bad. He yeah. did not look like the same quarterback he's looked like over the last couple of weeks, and it was discouraging. Do you remember last year when Zeke was suspended? It coincided with um, Tyron Smith missing time. Yeah. And I think you see Tyron Smith is not healthy. He's playing through an injury. And no Zach Martin. Yeah, it's true. Those are bad things for, for Zach Prescott. He'll get Tampa Bay next week, so that's interesting. But they uh, they are obviously getting better against quarterbacks. Uh, Mega Dud running back, Saquon Barkley. He had 56 total yards. He had no fewer than 94 total yards in any game this year. And they just couldn't get – I mean, the, the conditions were bad. This was an ugly game. The only guy that looked good was Derrick Henry. Um, but Barkley couldn't get going. And Philip Lindsay was terrible. 14 carries, 24 yards, 4 catches, 20 yards. So, uh, Heath, you played I against think, both of them. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jamie. No, I, I think with Barkley, um, you know, I, 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 and I'm guilty of this. I, I'm sure anybody that plays him, you're not going to bench Barkley, but we just so accustomed to him, no matter what, bad offensive line, bad quarterback play producing. Without Beckham on the field, it's pretty easy to defend the Giants. Just load up and stop Barkley as best you can. And last week it didn't work because it was Washington. This is a much better defense that they played this week. So next week will be interesting against the Colts because the Colts, you know, they didn't shut down Ezekiel Elliott, but they contained him. 
And you just have to, I think, lower expectations for Barkley if you advance, despite his poor performance. What about Lindsay at Oakland? I'll go back to him. It's just, you know, it's been a frustrating couple of weeks for him. Yeah, he did manage to score the week before, but he had only 51 total yards. Uh, all right. So, oh, another one. Heath Leonard Fournette. I was surprised. I really thought Fournette was going to have a big game. 11 carries, 46 yards, three catches, 18 yards uh, in this game against the Redskins. He's at Miami next week. Fournette. I will be interested to see what the coaching staff says in the next couple of days. I think Leonard Fournette played one snap or had one touch in the second half of that game. Really? I don't know if there was an injury. I don't know if there was a discipline issue. I don't know what the situation was. But almost all of Leonard Fournette's work came in the first half, and he was invisible in the second half. Maybe they're tanking. <laughs> Maybe. They don't have to try that hard. Uh, mega dud wide receivers. How about Adam Thielen? Two catches for 19 yards on two targets. Amari Cooper, four catches for 32 yards on seven targets. And Jarvis Landry, three catches for 37 yards on eight targets. Thielen, Cooper, and Landry. And, you know, Jamie, it's been um, it's been a stretch of six games now for Adam Thielen where he hasn't really been that great. He scored some touchdowns. He had 125 yards in one game. But other than that, he's been – certainly he's not, not as good as Diggs. Uh, what do you make of Thielen right now? It, it kind of goes along with the season for those guys, right? The, the ebb and flow of one guy being good, one guy struggling. You know, very rarely have they been good at the same time. I think that was your argument, right, for the season? Going into the season? My argument was that he wasn't going to get the targets, and he has. Uh, Thielen. Thielen, yeah. I just I, thought I Diggs just was better. That, I think Diggs is the better player, but, you know, they're, they're interchangeable. And, and, and that's not uh, saying that Thielen's a bad player. I just, you know, think Diggs as a talent is better. But, um, you know, next week you, you get the bounce back game. They're playing Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the other thing, Jamie, is doesn't this kind of coincide with, like, calf and back issues for Adam Thielen? Yeah, he's playing through stuff. I mean, you know, he had the, I think he left the game with the ankle last week, right? Briefly? Uh, against Seattle? No, I don't, I don't recall. Yeah, I think he limped off for the beginning of the first half and came back and finished the game. Nothing that was, you know, detrimental to him, but. He's not 100%, um, let's say that. Right. And, and, and look, we, what did he throw? 21 times today, Cousins? We keep throwing out these trivia questions. I think he threw 21, he had 21 <laughs> pass times. So, the, the thought going in was, okay, run the ball more, throw it less. They're not going to get these monster numbers from everybody. Um, you had Aldrick Robinson get the second touchdown instead of, you know, Thielen. So, again, if I advance despite Adam Thielen, I'm playing him next week with that matchup against Detroit. And the other mega duds, Heath, were Amari Cooper and Jarvis Landry. Anything on them? I was concerned about Landry, obviously. Um and this doesn't really look like that much of an outlier compared to his last six weeks. He has a couple of good games and a lot of games just like this. Uh, Baker had a little bit of struggles on the road at Denver. And uh, Landry wasn't even his number one target on a lot of plays. Cooper was just frustrating. Dak didn't play well. Baker Mayfield has scored 15 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues in three straight games. And I say he will get more than that next week against the Bengals. Let's hope. Mega dud tight ends, Eric Ebron and Jared Cook. Eric Ebron, one catch for eight yards. Jared Cook, two catches for 23 yards. Jared Cook's yards in his last five games, 31, 32, 100, 116, 23. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Cook. 
But Ebron surprised me. One catch for eight yards. I know he had some drops, but uh, surprised me with his poor performance. That was a bad game. I mean, it was a bad fantasy game. It was Marlon Mack. Yeah, he, he, no, it was a bad game, period. It was, this wasn't even just a, a game script situation. He was bad. He, he had two or three. Well, he must have had two because he had three targets. Uh, he, he was he was bad. Yeah, I just saying that game sad. that game on the whole was bad because even Zeke had a fine game. He had a, over a hundred yards, but he didn't score. He fumbled. You know, it was Marlon Mack, and that was oh uh, yeah, Hilton was fine, but he didn't he didn't light him up. He had a good game. Uh, all right. I, I again, ahead, I think you're going back to those two guys. You're not yeah. gonna you know go to any waiver wire tight end situations over Cook and Ebron. Yeah, absolutely. All right, going to look at the leaderboard. Those are the mega duds. We're going to be a little bit more positive and take a look at the leaders. But the leader, when it comes to where I buy my tickets, is certainly SeatGeek. So if you out there are looking to go to a game or a concert, comedy, theater, any type of live event that you're looking to get to with guaranteed tickets, fully guaranteed tickets, you got to start using SeatGeek. And you got to use our promo code. It's FFT. You use that code on your first purchase. You save 10 bucks. Now you're going to keep coming back to SeatGeek even after you've used that promo code FFT because it'll keep saving you money and save you time by searching multiple ticket sites and giving you a grade on every ticket based on value. SeatGeek will help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I love the SeatGeek app. I use it all the time for tickets. I have just found it to be so much easier and better, just just better prices. I mean, I've gone to so many games, and then I, I've used SeatGeek, and I've compared it to other places, and I'm getting better prices on SeatGeek because, again, they pull in more results. So go to SeatGeek, get the SeatGeek app, put it on your phone, and use the code FFT on your first purchase. FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. Your top quarterbacks in Fantasy Week 15. Matt Ryan had a rushing touchdown. And before I do this, as of the beginning of the Sunday night game, there has not been a quarterback that's thrown three touchdown passes. <laughs> Matt Ryan is the only quarterback with three touchdowns, and one of them was a rushing touchdown. So he's number one. Deshaun Watson's number two. Sam Darnold, who would be pretty, pretty pumped if I were a Jets fan right now. He looked great. Sam Darnold, three. Actually tied with Watson uh, at number two. Philip Rivers and Mitchell Trubisky and Russell Wilson are in a three-way tie for fourth place. Ryan, Watson, Darnold, Rivers, Trubisky, Wilson. Just behind them, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. These are the only quarterbacks with more than 20 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Heath, weird week. Uh, yeah, you did that whole dud section. The quarterback position <laughs> was a dud. It was... Uh... I, I don't have a good understanding of what happened to it, but no, like you said, nobody threw three touchdown passes, and maybe that'll change in the next two games. I'm not sure that it will. Um, specifically about those guys, I think Ryan got a little bit lucky. Watson was awesome. Yeah, he was. Uh, Darnold was awesome. Hopkins was so good. Darnold was great. That's probably more of a next year thing, right? Not a week sixteen championship thing. I don't know, man. They play the 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 Packers at home. It's not like you're starting him in a one quarterback league, but in a two quarterback yeah. league. Like I know, I think you said Adam in a superflex league. You started Nick Mullins. I did. I was pretty encouraged by Nick Mullins. I would start Donald over him next week. Oh Mullins yeah, the Bears. They got the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Like like that's an easy pivot in that type of format. Mullins probably deserved a better fate. He he played pretty well today, but yeah, I'm definitely getting away from he him. He well. got hammered in the second half. <laughs> they, they just sacked him over and over and over again. 
I'm not going to start him next week because I'm going to lose. So uh, <laughs> I don't have to make that decision. Yeah, they got after him for sure. Um, Trubisky, guys. You know, good game. Not great, but good enough to be a top five quarterback going into the Sunday night games. Not really rushing quite as much lately as what we saw midseason. Uh, where are you on Trubisky right now as he will take take on San Francisco on the road next week? I uh my my first run through of my quarterback rankings he came out at 13. So Okay. In 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 the mix as a starter. That works. Heath, let's go to the running backs. Derrick Henry in non-PPR is your number 1 running back and uh he's actually tied for first with Damian Williams in PPR. <laughs> no, no, he's 1 point ahead. I I apologize. Derrick Henry for the second straight week is your number 1 running back. And this time he got the work. He got 33 carries, 170 yards, two touchdowns, and one catch for zero yards. Uh, was it just the matchup, or is this the beginning of a beautiful career for Derrick Henry? Well, I think there's been some stuff online about how Derrick Henry's best games as a pro have generally come at this point in the season. And there may be something to that. Guys are tired, and it's not much fun to tackle him at his size and the rate that he runs. So, I'm going to be hesitant to put too much stock into this going into next year, but we're probably going to draft him in a similar spot again. I love that they just turned him loose, you know? Like they, yes. It hurts Mariota, but I think that they're going to— Who gonna, cares? Okay, you're right, but for two quarterback leagues. But it's this is probably going to be their philosophy next week against the Redskins. He's going to have another big game. Oh, Todd Gurley scored a touchdown. Oh, okay, very good. Um, Gonna Sorry. Help, help me win one league. Um, yeah, 33 carries compared to seven for Lewis, and Tennessee had the ball for 35 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Jamie, is number two, and he kind of reminded everyone about how talented he is today, in case anyone forgot. Well, I mean, his best game of his career. Um, it's at start of the week. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was good to see. It was, you know, a little, um, uh, not, I don't want to say frustrating because the numbers at the end of the game were fantastic, but Latavius Murray also played well. If you bought into the philosophy of the Vikings running the ball more, um, I, I don't fear the matchup next week against Detroit in terms of sitting him. It's obviously not going to be as easy, but the setup was as perfect as you can get. Home game against a team coming off of a giant victory that they didn't really necessarily deserve from the standpoint of how it unfolded, not taking away the Dolphins beating the Patriots, but we, we all know how that came about. And they had not been good against the run all season. They played a little bit better of late, but it was it was just the the new play calling, the new coaching staff, um, everything set up perfectly for Dalvin Cook, and he could help a lot of people advance and hopefully win their championships next week. Yeah, Marlon Mack is three, Joe Mixon four, Damian Williams five. Williams actually would be second in PPR this week. Any other running backs jump out at you? I mean, Chris Carson had a great game, 119 yards on 22 carries, plus a touchdown. He had six catches for 29 yards. I'll tell you what was funny. First off, Rashad Penny not playing helped him. Um, yes. And so, if you recall, uh, Chris Carson was our start of the week against San Francisco the first time around. And he had uh, at least three that I can recall where he got stuffed at the goal line in that first game. Mm-hmm. And it happened again at the start of that drive or at the end of that drive when he scored a touchdown. Like they kept stuffing him over and over again. I'm like, oh God, here we go again for anybody <laughs> that started Chris Carson. Um, and that was a hell of an effort for him to get into the end zone. Uh, yes. Yes, it was. And that was, uh, that was Ty- who, Tyler Lockett got down to the one yard line, right? And then he punched, then Carson yes. punched it in. Mm-hmm. And that was actually on a run. So, uh, for Lockett, it was on a pitch. 
Yeah, you're going to love Chris Carson next week, too. And Gus Edwards with a nice game, Heath. Yeah, and it, it was kind of what we feared through the first three and a half quarters of that game with he and Kenneth Dixon splitting carries just about evenly. But late in the game, they really just hammered Edwards over and over and over again, and he was running hard. Actually, it seems like it was a pretty good week for running backs. Like Peyton Barber, 19 carries, 85 yards at a touchdown. Justin Jackson, you were probably excited about what you got from him on Thursday. He ends up being a number two running back, a, a, a fine start. Zach Zenner got a touchdown for the Lions, 10 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown, but they distributed their carries pretty evenly. And how about we had a funny moment on the air last night on the radio show with Nick Chubb, specifically if you were playing in 100-yard bonus leagues, because I'm not sure if you guys were following it as it happened. I think he had 102 or 103 rushing yards. They gave him the ball one last time, and he lost, I think, three yards. And he got down to 99 yards. That was the goal line carry, right? No, I, it wasn't quite the goal line, but it was it was close. Inside uh, the five, whatever. I don't know. I thought it was inside the 10, but sure. Uh, then there was like a stack correction, and he got back to 100. So even 100 yards for Nick Chubb, 20 carries, and 100 yards. I would not be surprised if there's a stat correction coming on that. I know, yeah, that could be pretty significant. And and Lamar Jackson had a similar thing. He had 102 yards and had a six-yard loss. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh, all right, to the wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, massive game. Ten catches, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. Better than Mike Williams, who scored three touchdowns. Doug Baldwin, guys, four catches, 77 yards, two scores for Baldwin. Uh, Jamie, that was pretty, uh, pretty encouraging. It was, but again, I don't know how many people actually started him. Um, it's funny because you, you have the setup of week 14, Derrick Henry is a star, carries over to week 15. Week 15, Doug Baldwin's a star. You know, these were guys that were second round pick, third round pick, you know, no worse than fourth round picks in most leagues. And you probably didn't make it <laughs> because of them. Well, yeah, Baldwin with the two touchdowns, that was big, both of the touchdowns that Russell Wilson threw. So, you know, for me, I was facing Wilson and I had Baldwin. That was beautiful. Robert Foster. Robert Foster with four catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. So this is like four of his last five games with 94 or more yards, I think, off the top of my head. Um, He's been very good, yeah. It's yeah, 94 or more yards in four of his last five games. Robert Foster's owned in 6% of leagues. But the thing I will no say in targets. his favor, and we've kind of poo-pooed him, and uh, I think rightly so in most situations, but this Bills offense has operated in a way that's different than just about any offense in the league, and that they recognize they are not going to be able to put together long drives, I think. And so they're winging it downfield a lot more than most teams do, and that's Foster's role. So if anybody's going to be good in that type of situation, he, he might be able to. Robbie Anderson, your number five wide receiver in non-PPR this week. Huge game for Robbie Anderson. Seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He is better. He's number four in PPR, number five in non-PPR. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Julio Jones right behind him with 14 fantasy points in non-PPR and right around 20 in PPR. So they were excellent. And, uh, yeah, I think there were a lot of disappointing wide receivers today. Um. Uh, oh, absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. What a weird week. <laughs> Just, uh, if we seem stunned, it's because we are. <laughs> yeah, no, 
What, what is it? Well, it's, it's I think the, the, yeah, the hardest thing about this show in particular is that like we're tr- normally we try to react to things over what's it going to mean for the rest of the season. And there was so much weird stuff to happen this week. And it's all about what does it mean for next week? That's all. Yeah, pretty much. And the thing, the good news is, guys, that while wide receiver may have been a little strange, tight end was perfectly normal. Because here are your top five tight ends in non-PPR. Garrick Selleck, Trey Burton, Evan Ingram, Jeremy Sprinkle, and Vance McDonald. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeremy what? <laughs> Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> That's his I, name. You, I could just start guessing teams if you want me to, but I, I missed the Jeremy Sprinkle touchdown. Do you not know who he plays for? I don't think I know who Jeremy this, this is fun. for. I, I, I honestly, I, I would have told you the same thing except I saw the highlights. So let's yeah, see I guess. saw it you get, happen. You get, you get three guesses. Oh, I've got zero percent chance. I, can I just uh, tell you the truth that I saw it and I already forgot who he plays for, and I just had to look right, it up again. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. The the starting tight end was already out before the game started. Okay, he is. Uh, I saw the <laughs> random Washington Redskins yeah. tight end catch go. a touchdown. I did not know that was Jeremy Sprinkle. Yep, Jeremy Sprinkle. Jeremy Sprinkle. Now, Travis Kelsey, as bad as he was in PPR, he finishes as as of now going into Sunday night the number four tight end in fantasy this week. Well, Tra- Zach Ertz better catch him. Uh, I'm hoping he won't. Um, personally, Jalen Samuels was better than everybody, so he was your number one tight end. But yeah, Garrett Selleck. George Kittle had three catches for 51 yards. Garrett Selleck had two for 61 and a touchdown. Trey and again, Burton. just to clarify, Jalen Samuel is not a tight end on our site. Right. Trey Burton, two. Evan Ingram, three. And Ingram had a really good game. Eight catches, 75 yards. He was the only giant that was good today. Uh, Sprinkle and Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald almost had two touchdowns. So yep. Almost as good as Jeremy Sprinkle. Oh, <laughs> Actually, I Still think they the were worst. tied. Almost touchdown of the week. Yeah, so that's uh that's beautiful stuff. So speaking of almost touchdowns, uh Marlon Mack got goal line work and he had uh he had an almost touchdown, then he came back and he got the actual touchdown, but T.Y. Hilton dropped a touchdown before Marlon Mack's first touchdown run. What else? Uh Jamiz Olawale dropped a Dak Prescott touchdown pass. They obviously did not convert after that. Ito Smith came up a yard short of a touchdown catch, and then Matt Ryan snuck it in on the next play. Zach Zenner had a goal line touchdown overturned on replay, and then he scored legit. And as I mentioned earlier, Tyler Lockett had an almost touchdown. He came up a yard short of a rushing touchdown. Chris Carson scored two plays later. I think it's time to look at every game from Saturday and Sunday. We'll tell you about the Jets and the Texans and many, many more right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual-wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 
Now it's Houston 29, Jets 22. Uh, Lamar Miller barely played. He had three carries for eight yards, but we hope he's back next week. And Alfred Blue did absolutely nothing. Nine carries for six yards. Uh, I guess my question would be about Robbie Anderson and whether or not, um, whether or not you think he's going to be able to do it again. Uh, his, his opponent next week is the Packers at home. As long as Quincy Anun was out, I'm going to feel pretty good about Robbie Anderson as a low end number two slash high end number three going into next week. It took a long time in this season for Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson to make a connection. Remember earlier in the year, he wouldn't even throw it to him. Mm-hmm. But they seem to have gotten on the same page now. And it's funny when you watch defensive backs line up against him, they know what his best skill is and they give him 10 yards cushion most of the time. And so Anderson starting, started running more of the underneath stuff and Darnold started hitting him on it. So uh, it would be a high end number three, I think. Yeah, I'd be a little bit more encouraged. You know, you've seen uh, three straight games of, of consistent targets. And you have to like the fact that, I, I mean, even if Anun will plays, you know, the one, for the most part, Anun was more of a slot receiver that they sometimes force outside. But this is a, uh, we're at the point in the season now where circumstances matter. And obviously the Jets are not a good team, but they're trying to make Darnold as comfortable and as confident as possible. It's a team in Green Bay that is eliminated and having to travel. And having to travel across the country for an early start, not cross country, but you know, half across country for an early start, they don't want to be there. And so it's, it's going to be, I, I think, an opportunity for Anderson to keep it up. I think another guy that was kind of under the radar and good in this game, Elijah McGuire, is, should be pretty good again next, again next week as well. Do you that, think he was good or he just got lucky with the that touchdown? That was the most hilarious touchdown run. And, and they, they obviously like, Played a really good run defense, but 18 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches, 29 yards, and he had a fumble. I, I thought he looked like he. I don't know. I, I thought, despite the horrible YPC for life, I thought McGuire, if he had an easier matchup, which he will next week, could could be pretty good. Well, the oh, main I, thing I, is, if he gets 21 touches, right? If he gets 20 touches. I, I'm starting him. I agreed. I just didn't think he ran the ball very well. Fair. Their offensive line got absolutely whipped. <laughs> the Texans comp- just overwhelmed them. That's when, when I faced Heath in the IDP league, and he had Hopkins, J.J. Watt, and Robbie Anderson. I was like, well, this is a fun season. I hope Hopkins is okay. Yeah. Um, he left very late in the game, right? He left on the touchdown. Yeah. He's fine. I'm pretty sure. I feel good about it. Chris Herndon had three catches for 53 yards, and believe it or not, if you started Chris Herndon, you didn't do that bad a tight end this week. <laughs> Cleveland 17, Denver 16. So how much are, are you going to trust Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and maybe somebody else in the passing game, be it Najoku or Callaway, uh, next week against Cincinnati? I mean, Baker's starting to feel a little bit like Trubisky, where you, you know, he'll get some numbers, but where will it come from? Uh, you know, Perryman had a great touchdown catch in that game on Saturday. And, you know, then it was kind of just, okay, where's the other one coming from? Callaway got the second one. Uh, Njoko had a great game against the Bengals the first time around. So I think just given the nature of the position, he's a low-end starter. But otherwise, it's, you know, Landry's a number three receiver. And, you know, th- this feels like it could be back to a Nick Chubb game. Uh, yeah, 20 carries for 100 yards for Chubb, and so much of it came on the final drive. He was having a really terrible game. I'd like to see him get some catches. He had three or more catches in four straight games before week 15. Heath, on the Broncos' side of things, is there any Broncos wide receiver 
that you uh, would trust in fantasy? I love the targets for Deshaun Hamilton. I don't know if Cortland Sutton's just hurt or if Case Keenum just hates him or what the situation is. But again, Tim Patrick had more targets than Sutton. Deshaun Hamilton had a lot more targets than Sutton. I'm probably going to rank all those guys as low-end number threes, high-end number fours, but not much better. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind Hamilton in, in PPR. He's almost become the new Bruce Ellington. You know, there's not going to be a lot of yards, but the catches will be right. there. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I think, you know, Sutton, on one of the uh, interceptions in the end zone, you know, he was targeting Sutton. He just underthrew him. So I, I think he's just going to, by nature of where he is right now, going to be just a big play threat. If he's not hitting those big plays, it's going to be frustrating. And what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, Deshaun Hamilton, seven catches, two straight games with seven catches for 46 or 47 yards. He did score two weeks ago. Minnesota 41 and Miami 17. And, uh, yeah, Kalen Balaj with 12 carries for 123 yards and a touchdown. We talked about that. Kenny Stills did not come through one catch for 17 yards. Ryan Tannehill had a terrible game. He threw for 108 yards. But Kirk Cousins, man, like, 18 points against the Dolphins? I don't know. Was it just because he threw only 21 passes, or am I right to be kind of ticked off at Kirk Cousins? It was just because he threw 21 passes. Okay. Yeah, you got to be a little concerned against Detroit. You know, obviously, if the Detroit run defense shows up and they are able to contain Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, then, you know, he's going to have to do more. But, oh, another almost touchdown. <laughs> Zach Ertz. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think you just look at it from the standpoint of that – He's not going to be a 30-point quarterback in Week 16 against Detroit, but he could, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I, I thought he I thought he was going to have a huge game against the Yeah, the, the interception was a dumb play, but give Mika Fitzpatrick credit for recognizing it that and just rushing so to the last scrimmage. Crazy. You don't see pick sixes that are that easy. Uh, yeah, I, I think you look at the new offensive coordinator and you know they're going to want to run the ball a lot. Uh, so... You can't necessarily look at how much they ran the ball today because they were obviously playing way ahead. But that, that's going to be, I think, an issue next week, too, because Detroit's offense is so inept. Yeah, it really is. Like, they don't have to throw. Cincinnati 30 and Oakland 16. Ooh, how about the stinker from Doug Martin? Heath, nine carries for 39 yards. I was so, so mad. When they had first and goal from the one yard line and they did a play action fake and didn't throw it to Jared Cook, threw it to Lee Smith. That's right. Lee Smith with the save. Lee Smith, we uh, could have definitely played. What team is Lee Smith on? Yes. Um, I, the Cardinals, the Cubs. <laughs> um, no, it was a very disappointing game. They fell behind early in that game. They abandoned the run and Martin didn't get the goal line opportunities. It was a, a, a big swing and a miss by me. Uh, I mean, us. Yeah, a lot of people thought Martin. Yeah, we all like Doug Martin. And Jalen Richard actually finally got back into the passing game. He had four straight games with three or fewer catches until five catches for 67 yards. Unfortunately, was, there was a fumble for Richard, too. Um, Tyler Boyd did catch a touchdown. We hope he plays. I don't know. Any takeaways from this game? Joe Mixon's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. 27 carries, 129 yards, and two touchdowns, two catches for one yard. I, I was disappointed. John Ross got the yards and catches I expected, but didn't score a touchdown. <laughs> one catch for six yards. Yeah, he did not score. Uh, Tennessee 17, the Giants 0. Tennessee had the ball for more than 35 minutes. and it was... Adam, do you want Eli Manning to stay the quarterback? 
I, you got to tell me who the options are. You know, I mean, I, yeah, like kind of, because I don't think they're going to find anyone better. You can trade for Joe Flacco. No, I'd rather be like Manning. Uh, <laughs> Sterling Shepard got nine targets. Look, I, I know nobody watched this game. Uh, it was terrible. The conditions were really bad. So made bad fantasy players even worse. I was really disappointed by Sterling Shepard. I liked him a lot in DFS this week because it was so cheap. I expected him to get eight or more targets. He had nine. He had eight or more targets nine times in the last two years, and he'd averaged 17 points per game. Yeah, He scored five. Now, obviously, they didn't throw the ball very much, but I, I was hoping for Anthony Fersker to be a nice sleeper this week. Right. Well, when, slept. when your quarterback throws for 88 yards, it's hard. <laughs> I mean that's like yeah you can't comical. you can't trust you can't trust even in good matchups right now Corey Davis or Taewon Taylor and, and Cody Kessler threw for thirty fewer yards than Marcus Mariota that's amazing the two of them combined for less than one hundred and fifty passing yards today Mariota and Kessler great quarterback play uh, yeah not not a lot of takeaways there except you know if Ingram's you know if Beckham's out Evan Ingram's going to be pretty involved uh, Detroit at Buffalo. So, what do you think about the Lions? What do you think about the running backs in general from these two teams, Detroit and Buffalo? The Bills don't have any running backs. <laughs> I'm going to guess McCoy plays next week, just by nature of how close he was to coming back, but there's no guarantee. The Patriots have a legitimately bad run defense. I, I don't know uh, if the Bills can take advantage of it, but it's pretty Well, yeah, their best running back, well, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Allen had a really pre- pretty good game. He, I'm telling you, he's going to be good. Brady Quinn agrees. Brady Quinn loves him. Yeah, he's 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 got the intangibles. It's just the. I think you need one. They don't have a number one. They have a bunch of twos and threes. At receiver. Oh yeah. How surprised were you that Kenny Galladay had seven catches for 146 yards on eight targets? Did, did you see the catches he made? Yeah. Like we've talked about it a lot this year. It doesn't matter how close the defense is. Kenny Galladay. Had a season's worth of highlight catches in one half of football today. He's going to he, be really good. Just throw the damn ball up, Matthew Stafford. Throw it down the field and let Kenny Galladay get you yards. Yeah, and Stafford's been playing through injury. He has not played well, but he's not this bad. Uh, so, yeah, it looks great for Galladay going forward for sure. And do the Lions have a running back that you can, like, do you think Zach Zenner did enough to take that job? Who's next week for them? Oh, Minnesota. Forget it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. The only guy you'd be, you'd be playing is carry on if he comes back. Baltimore 20 and Tampa Bay 12. I mean, look at the time of possession. It's unbelievable. The Ravens had the ball for 37 minutes and 10 seconds. They are a very tough matchup. One, because they have an excellent defense. Two, because they just don't give you the ball. They play keep away. And Jameis uh, had four fantasy points. Like, I started Dak Prescott over Jameis Winston, and I was so pissed. And then I was like, oh, wait, he actually did better than Jameis Winston. Um, how about Peyton Barber though? 19 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown. He has four touchdowns in his last five games. It's pretty impressive. He's 73% owned and will get Dallas next week. I don't think anybody's going to trust him, but deeper leagues, it could be a flex. I don't think Dallas's run defense is as bad as it showed today. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Evans had a good game, four catches, 121 yards. Humphreys and Godwin, terrible. Heath, uh, thoughts there. Cameron Braid had one catch for nine yards. It's just a bad game for the, for everybody but Evans and Barber, I guess. 
Well, it was just surprising because Tampa and the thing I thought was Jameis is going to throw it 35 or 40 times because Tampa Bay won't be able to run the ball, and they were able to run the ball. And it, it is worth noting, I guess, this is the second week in a row that a team has been able to run. Like, last week was the Chiefs, right? Yeah, yeah. And Damian Williams and Spencer Ware both had success against this defense. Um, so, I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of leakage there in the uh, Ravens' run defense. Oh, they get Melvin Gordon next week, most likely. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, I, you at least you can say he's got a pretty high floor. Particularly in four point per passing touchdown league. I was, this was the worst, I think this was the worst game passing the ball he's played. If you read the recap, the Associated Press game recap, um, which I try to do every Sunday night, you would think that he won the MVP. Like they were effusive in their praise of Lamar Jackson, but every pass I saw him throw was pretty ugly. I didn't this, think this was another game. Like this was basically the same conditions as the Giants game. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It, it was bad conditions, and he ran the ball awesome, and made some huge plays with his legs. And I still think he's had some bad touchdown luck. But at some point, it's just that he's not very good in the red zone. He's not. He's just not a good thrower. It's, it's the same thing with, with Buffalo. Like, once they get a better receiving core around him, because they have the definition of twos and threes. Yeah, they do. But it's like, a wide your, receiver. Your, your, your guy, though, he's very consistent. Your guy. My guy, Willie Sneed? Willie Sneed. <laughs> yeah. His, his yards in five starts with Lamar Jackson, 51, 0, 8, 61, and 58. So not quite as consistent, but uh, who the heck was it that caught the touchdown today? The wide receiver who caught the touchdown against Tampa Bay. Chris Moore. Chris Moore, thank you. And it was a hell of a he pass. He dropped the 40-yarder last week. They threw him a one-yarder, and he caught that one. It, it was a hell of a pass. It was basically a handoff. Uh, we already talked about the running backs. Heath mentioned that Gus Edwards got the work late. He ended up with 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. And really, by, by the way, yeah. surprise and active was Ty Montgomery. Oh, and really, you can run the ball very well on Tampa Bay. They uh, not so good. Zeke, so Zeke, start Zeke. Start, I I would start him. Okay. I don't know. Arizona and Atlanta Falcons win at 40 to 14. You got the passing production from David Johnson. You got the touchdown. So uh. Pretty good game. Not standing out this week, but good enough. Uh, and then, boy, it's worth noting for next week that Larry Fitzgerald, I, I'm sorry I forgot to look it up, but I think so much of his production came with Mike Lennon in garbage time at the very end. 100%. Right? I mean, so much. As did Trent Sherfield, who caught a touchdown. Uh, so give me, uh, give me some takeaways from the Cardinals-Falcons, guys. Do you think Trent Sherfield was supposed to be Trent Sheffield and they just made the F and R on the birth certificate? On the birth certificate? You think you don't think he changed it? Like No, he should have changed it to Sheffield. Yeah. I think I think it is Sheffield. I think it's just I've been saying it wrong for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> no, it's Sheffield. I know, I know. <laughs> That's a good takeaway, Heath. Thank you. Start a DST against them. Falcons, uh, I believe, were the number one DST going into the Sunday night game. So start the Rams against them next week. In terms of the Falcons, uh, Calvin Ridley, and he, and he, like, it's actually starting to concern me maybe a little bit going into next year. He's just, he's, he mostly has terrible games. Uh, playing against the Saints? Uh, they, uh, I think they've had Carolina next week. No, I mean, next year. Play him against the Saints. Yeah. He destroyed the Saints. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And Austin Hooper dropped a touchdown. That was his only target. It was knocked out of his hands. 
Uh, yeah, Dave and I had a um, uh, rankings debate, debate on Austin Hooper versus Vernon Davis on Sunday morning FFT. <laughs> <laughs> and when uh, when I saw Austin Hooper have that ball thrown in his direction, I was like, all right, I got it. And then he drops, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be bad. And then I saw, oh, a Redskins tight end scored. And then I was like, oh, yeah, sprinkle, sprinkle a little salt on that one, Dave, not, not Vernon Davis. Yeah, Vernon Davis wins that battle with two catches for 16 yards. He did. Yeah, all right. We're uh, we're good here. Chicago twenty four, <laughs> Green Bay seventeen. So like, what do you make of the Packers offensively? I don't think Joe Philbin was the answer. <laughs> Did he lose any challenges today? <laughs> Probably. I, I, yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to Aaron Rodgers next week if I I need to. Yeah, it's it's worth noting. It's the second straight game he's played without his starting right guard and right tackle. His starting right guard is on IR. I'm so annoyed about Aaron Jones. It shouldn't matter next week. It shouldn't. Jets he missed he missed uh, Valdez Scanling on a wide open touchdown. He did. He's not playing as well as he usually plays. No. So you say you're going back to Aaron Rodgers, but are we talking like top five, top ten? Uh, I haven't been in the top ten so far. Okay. The jet the Jets are bad. Awful. Uh, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, guys, the split there. Both of them scored. Howard got 19 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. What was that stat? I'm going to look up that stat I had on that game. But you get work against the Packers, you do well. That's the bottom line. Uh, and then Cohen had the receiving touchdown. He also had a fumble. But I mean, Howard's getting a lot of work lately. He's He's playing better. I know he doesn't fit into your YPC conversation, but they get the 49ers next week, and we've seen this run defense without Ruben Foster. It's not been good. Oh, I don't know about that. This was the first week that it was really bad. Well, no. When they played Seattle the first time, Penny had a great game, and, and Carson okay, got Okay, that's true. Yards. When they when they play the like best rushing team in football, uh, it's not a great run defense. I just I don't think it's super bad. Six of the – okay, so now I'll update the stat. Seven of the eight running backs with more than 12 carries against Green Bay – have scored 10 or more fantasy points in non-PPR and 12 or more fantasy points in PPR. That is your stat of the game for Elijah, Elijah McGuire next week. Celebrate. I hope it works better than the Doug Martin stat of the game for the Bengals. <laughs> well, what was that stat of the game? Because uh, Nine running backs in their last eight games had scored at least 14 points in non-PPR. Six had scored 20. That was your stat, not mine. Here was, this was my stat of the game for Oakland at Cincinnati. There have been seven running backs with 15 or more carries against the Bengals. All seven have scored 14 or more fantasy points. Doug Martin's had 15 or more carries in three of his last five games. He left one of them early with an injury, and they lost by 17 in the other game that he didn't have 15 carries. So I do not lose that stat of the game because he did not get 15 carries, and the stat remains intact. All right, I'm excited about something I really shouldn't be excited about. Washington 16, Jacksonville 13. Speaking of excited about something yeah. you should not be excited about. You know what I have to say about this game? Indianapolis 23, Dallas 0. We don't have to talk about Washington Jacksonville. Unless you want to say anything else about Leonard Fournette. At Miami next No, but week. the other guy wasn't that much better than Peterson. No, he's 19 carries for 51 yards, two catches, 20 yards, and he's at Tennessee next week. Uh, Colts, Cowboys, another one that we sort of talked about. But you know what? Like, again, if you started Blake Jarwin, you did okay. Four catches, 45 yards on seven targets. He had seven catches for 56 yards on seven targets last week. Tampa Bay next week. 
Is he a? Can we get a stat about tight ends at about seven <laughs> targets against the Buccaneers. <laughs> you will. You will in five days. Okay. Good. Top uh, top twenty guy. Top fifteen guy. Blake Jarwin. Uh, I'm going to try. Go I'm going to try to get him in my top twenty-four. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, top twenty. All right. Faking enthusiasm about something. Um. Yeah, this game was disappointing. Like, why? Why would you start CJ Uzama anymore? Fair. And then to the late games: Pittsburgh seventeen, New England ten. So, what do you think about the Patriots running backs? Like, how are you going to feel about them against the Bills? James White's getting a little hard to trust. But it's, Sony, Mich- Sony Michelle, I'll go back to. Yes, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, it was a little discouraging how much Rex Burkhead played early in this game, but I think that's because the Patriots were passing and they trust him more in pass protection. I I will probably go back to Michelle next week. Um, Chris Hogan had the best play of the day for the Patriots. Rex Burkhead might have had the second best play. What when was he saved it? the punt. Oh, <laughs> tremendous play. Tremendous play. Edelman had a huge game, and he has now scored nine or more fantasy points in non-PPR, 14 or more in PPR in all in eight of ten games now. So he's been Edelman. And I just can't believe that Josh Gordon got two targets, especially since, like, the Steelers, I don't know. You're right, Jamie. The Steel, You said it earlier in the show. The Steelers' defense was great. They just stepped up. They just showed up. They were outstanding today. And I think Tom Brady is seventh in the NFL in passing yards. He's somewhere around there. He was tied for seventh going into today's game. He was behind Mahomes and Rivers, who had played an extra game. He has passed Rivers. I don't know what everybody else around him did, but 279 yards is pretty good today. Like, Brady's having a better year than the fantasy numbers would indicate. Yes. Uh, the Buffalo game is probably the best indication of that when he played them the first time, when he had over like 320-some-odd yards right. and no touchdowns. Um, the play calling at the end was awful. You mean on the all the throws to the end zone? The fourth, the 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 five tries because they had a holding call. In right. Them. Yeah, they, I, they, I yeah, agree. He, he was trying to force the ball to Gronk. He had some bad throws to Edelman. It just was not a a good ending. And this is now two of their last four end of games. Or I guess three of the last four when you factor in the defense. But Brady had the gaff at the end of the first half against Miami, and he just did not look right at the end of the game there uh again Pete Prisco drink said and he's you know clearly watched you know probably every game that that Brady has played he said that's the worst he's ever seen Tom Brady played in an end of game situation yeah I know they were out of timeouts but I don't think they had to take a shot at the end zone every time so that was a little no, but there was just bad throws and bad decisions yeah and and the pass everything was, was in the middle of the field yeah and Gronk is just like he's always covered uh, it's gonna be Gronk's going to be interesting next year if he plays. He's not the same guy. And are you concerned at all about the target distribution? Eli Rogers got in there with four targets. James Washington got four targets. Juju had ten, and Brown had seven. Uh, anything to take away there? I, I'm a little bit. I mean, I have been all year a little bit concerned about Brown, and it was this typical game for him this year. It, wasn't great yardage, but it was saved by the touchdown. I have a question. He's going to have one of his worst years in terms of catches and yards per game of the last six years, and he's going to score like 40 touchdowns, and it's not going to matter. I have a question Juju for you guys. had an almost touchdown, too. Yeah, he did. That was a tough play. But um, Final question. Did I get it right? 
Did I get it right with San Francisco, Seattle? No. <laughs> I definitely did not get it right. But, you know, like, it was close. It was close to being right. I mean, if you want to claim Garrett Selleck no. as being what George Kittle was supposed to be. Hey, you luck. Yeah, I did not get this right. Kittle was bad. But, okay, Carson. Carson, Wilson, Baldwin. Were whoa, great. whoa, whoa. Wouldn't we have kind of luck it? I mean, when you I'm, called the many, many I'm always, you know if Baldwin was playing. I'm always a Baldwin guy over Lockett, but <laughs> but no, out of out of the four main Seahawks, three of them were good. It, the Niners disappointed us, but Dante Pettis is like he looks pretty legit. Five catches for 83 yards up five targets. I will say this though, when you said this, this was Friday. Yeah. Were you going with the assumption that Brita was playing or not playing? Playing. So, 96 rushing yards between the two guys could have been one if it was just one guy. And he had 96 total yards. He actually had 14 PPR fantasy points. You know what? I think I've changed my... I think I got it right. I think it was a success. No, because Mullins wasn't good. (laughs) But he wasn't that bad. What did he have? 15, 16 points? Yeah, you needed more from Mullins. You needed a 17. You got to get at least 20 from both quarterbacks. Well, let me see if he finished top 12. Would that change your no. mind? No. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Oh, he's, he's top 12. He's top no. 12. You can, well, Wait, you so can't... Lamar Jackson's top 12? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he is. And so is Kirk Cousins. All right, so I, I will say that I will let it depend. If, if <laughs> Nick Mullins finishes top 12 with Goff, Foles, Cam, and Breeze still going, I mean, you got almost a half of Goff and Foles, and so far you're in good shape. Foles I'm not so concerned about. Uh, all right, good stuff. Great great way to end the show. Yeah, so uh, last thought, Dante Pettis pretty good. Very good. Yeah. He, um, it's, I, it, this going to be one of the more fun teams to look at in the offseason because depending on what they do, they have to get another receiver because I think Garcon is done. You know, Pettis, Goodwin, and somebody else. Mm-hmm. But McKinnon coming back, Brita is the second guy, Garoppolo coming back. It's going to be fun. Kyle Shanahan has a great play call. Chris Spielman on the broadcast like called a big game from Garrett Selleck. So that's, really? that's pretty – Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what the circumstances were, but he, he was basically saying – see if he'll do the bonanzas. <laughs> like <laughs> George Kittle commands so much attention that he wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Selleck had a big game. And two catches. 61 yards and a touchdown. And that is it for this Sunday night recap. Thanks, everybody, for listening. What about your uh, the hoodie day. that you're wearing? What, is, what does that say? My The hoodie? Yeah. yeah well, go you read it. Okay, thanks, Jamie. Jamie's out. Heat's out. I'm out. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na.